Hello, my friends, and welcome back to The Call Room with Connor Burns and Simeon Birnbaum. I'm your host, Dominic Schleter, and today is the season finale of this series. I've had such a joy and privilege to work with Connor and Simeon as we work to document their final ever high school season. And boy, did they show out. They set records, they won races, and every single episode was entertaining, informative, and I hope inspiring and motivating for you all listening. I really want to thank Connor and Simeon for doing this series with me and trusting in me to uh, ask them good questions and have a good time. I also want to thank Hoka, the presenting sponsor of this series. They were such a joy to work with, and I can't thank them enough for having confidence in me to uh, come up with this product and really uh, capitalize on it and, and make a great series. I hope you, the listener, have enjoyed it. I appreciate you spending time with us every week, hearing Connor and Simeon and uh, their jokes and all the different fun elements that this series has brought. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely sad that it's coming to a close, but as you guys know, the call room concept lives on and there will be many future iterations of this series in the future, as well as this is not the final time that Connor and Simeon will be on the podcast. I can promise you guys that. Um, enough of my rambling aside, I would greatly appreciate it if you guys give us a follow and a five-star review and share the show with a friend. With all that aside, I hope you all enjoy the final episode of The Call Room with Connor Burns and Simeon Birnbaum. Connor Burns and Simeon Birnbaum, the season finale. How are you guys doing? Mighty fine. Same. The listeners at home can't see this, but on Connor and Simeon's screens, you type in their name, and Connor is normally just Connor, but today he is tired Connor. So Connor, elaborate on this. Oh, I had to wake up early for a workout this morning because my dad's leaving uh, to go to Austin, and I had to work out this morning, which I hate, so I was not happy about it. All right, what do you consider as early? Because on Strava's is like 9 a.m. Yeah, well, normally I sleep until like 11. Nah, that's so, crazy. That's that's ridiculous. To, that nine a.m. is not early. That's like yeah, late for, for a run. For me, bro, for me, that's early. I, I had to wake up at seven. That's horrible. I, I will <laughs> say, I'm with I'm with Team Simeon on this one. I think nine a.m. You can wake up at like seven thirty, have a nice like piece of toast, some coffee, yeah. and by nine a.m., bro, I feel like I'm I'm fully running on all sides. Nine well, no, a.m. Well, is a problem, late run. No, no, no. Well, the problem was I woke up at seven, right? Left the house at seven thirty because the track's like half an hour away. Now that my track is getting uh, is completely torn up and under construction, um, so we had to go there. Right, we warmed up the trail and we drove the track, well the Mizzou track, but there's like someone already on it, like a soccer camp or something, so we couldn't use it. So we had to drive another fifteen minutes to another track, and there's like football on it, so we had to wait a little bit. Um, and by the time we warmed up, it was like nine o'clock. So yeah, no, I just waking up at seven was pretty brutal for me. Speaking of uh, waking up and sleeping in, I'm curious, how long did it take you guys to recover from Festival of Miles? Because by the time I got home, I was like absolutely exhausted. I took a three-hour nap and I was still tired. Yeah, I never really, like, I can never take naps, but I took like a five-hour nap after I got home from that. Yeah, I mean, I was messed up for a while. Um, I slept in down 9 a.m., which I usually can never do. I usually, like, max out like 7.30, so... And I took like an hour long nap, so it was, it was um, definitely still feeling it a little bit, but I'm on the come up now. Connor, you said your dad is headed to Austin for NCAAs, so NCAAs will be this week. Any bold predictions for the NCAA meet? Uh, I don't know if this is bold, but I got my boy Dylan Jacobs winning the 10K, and then this one is a little more bold. I got Brian Fay in the 5K. Um, I have zero takes because I have not looked at any fields. 
Big NCAA guy, Simeon. Simeon's going to go into the NCAA next year and just have no clue who his competitors are. Pretty much, yeah. So, Connor, I'm curious from, from your perspective of having a dad who's coached in the NCAA, following the sport closely, <laughs> unlike Simeon, do you think, um, like, how fast do you think these races will be? Do you think they'll be, like, very slow and, and fast finishes because of the weather? Or do you think we'll see some tactics that we saw indoors of, like, the NAU guys trying to push the pace up front so that a guy like Faye doesn't have the kick he normally has? I mean, you look at the weather. Um, it's Austin. It's going to be humid, hot. Like, that tank hits me brutal if someone tries to push it, which maybe, you know, that's part of the play. It's like they're going to try and push it because they can push it less than normal and it'd still take a lot more out of people or out of the field. But also, like, last year, like, I know Carlson thought I was going to go fast, so he put Jacobs in uh, paper flies because he thought it would help him better when it's a fast race, but it turned out to be super tactical. And he had to close in paper flies, like a 55 last lap, which is not the ideal situation. Um, so, no, it's definitely going to be tactical is what I feel like. It is actually interesting, though, with the shoes. Like, I remember at BYU when Clayton Young won, he wore the Vaporflies. And, you know, there's a really good stud. I mean, out of this random state called South Dakota, one of their winners in the 32 wore, like, the Rocket Xs. So, I don't know. These super shoes these days, it's it's interesting, the comparison between them and the Spikes. Not that, Simeon, you would have worn those if it was, like, a crazy fast race. But it is kind of impressive with how fast the shoes are given like how odd and big they look i like them i like doing workouts in them because it just feels like you're kind of floating out there yeah i mean i really have like not much experience except for like two runs and um more super like shoes so i mean they feel amazing like i usually always run way faster than i'm supposed to when i wear them so i'll be excited to wear them more in the future the first question i'm curious about is we spoke after your state championships you both did multiple events at those um, the state championships in your respective states, Missouri and South Dakota, but we didn't like speak too closely to the meet. I'm curious, what was the recovery process like between state championships and festival miles? Like, how were you guys feeling? Were you sore, or fatigued going into festival miles, or were you pretty much normal by that point? No, I felt pretty normal. Um, you know, I just did super short long run, only like ten miles on Sunday, day after, and then. Just some recovery, I think, like some like super light workout, like Tuesday, like Tuesday or Wednesday or something. Um, the no- normal free meet, you know. So I felt pretty normal going into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. Um, the biggest hit was probably just like the sleep. I wasn't sleeping as much at state just because I was trying to have fun with my teammates and just enjoy the last time with them. So I wasn't completely focused, but like even like a day after or two days um, of just sleeping normally and eating normal food, I was perfectly fine and I, I don't think it really affected me at all so wednesday connor burns has the most exciting day of his life in missouri and uh, <laughs> take me through the the day before the race i mean you ended up flying out to st louis connor the reason why i make that joke is because you ended up going to the race the day of the race uh so take me through what you guys were doing the day before in pre-meet yeah so pre-meet uh just typical you know like three miles and some 200s and spikes just gonna get like 28 29 just gonna get the pace down a little bit yeah, um, I after I arrived, I think I arrived um, in St. Louis around like 1 p.m. And then I headed out with a group of um, pros and Aaron, um, and I ran my pre-meet with Aaron. We did like 30 minutes. I mean, Aaron was, I guess, pretty flexible, so he just did the whole pre-meet with me, even with his, his injury. Um, so probably like four miles and then some 200 strides. And I was experimenting um, with the spikes to try to figure out the ones I wanted to wear. 
Um, so the first one was like 28 and then the next one was around 29. And then I put on the, the Hoka spikes they gave us at the event and I dropped like a 26 with like the same effort as the other ones. So I was like, all right, I know what spikes I'm wearing. So got some confidence from that and, uh, they felt pretty good. So, yeah. Connor, I'm curious, most of the races you go to, you go to, right? So like you're at a hotel the day before you're going to try to do your pre-meet. Do you, you do anything unique or special or does it feel weird when mentally, you know, you're racing the next day, but like everything is just normal. Like, do you like that or not really? I mean, it was fine. It's a unique situation. I'm probably not going to happen again. Actually, no scratch that. No, I'll definitely get get some home races lot in that work. (laughs) Um, But no, as far as like from home goes, no, it felt fine. That's what we did last year and it worked out. So we're just going to replicate, we tried to replicate that. Connor and Simeon, what were you guys eating the night before? Simeon, I knew you went out with Nugent, I want to say. But uh, Connor, what were you what were you cooking up the night before the race? I was trying to keep it consistent. Uh, my mom got noodles and company for me. Got my classic penne rosa with some Parmesan chicken. No spinach. Typical order. Yeah, I mean, I kept no consistency. Um, we went looking for the best barbecue spot in St. Louis with the Nugent boys. And Devin uh, was there as well. Um, so I got... I got some brisket and green beans, and then I had some some ribs, like smothered in sauce. Uh, it was incredible. Like it was the best, like brisket, probably the best food I've had in a long time. I mean, probably not saying much coming from South Dakota, but it was crazy good. And and I mean, obviously, I was like maybe a little bit. I was probably like less worried than I should have been about eating some random food from a, a barbecue. But um, since it tasted really good, I think my body just accepted it, and I felt I felt. Uh, I never really felt like anything different. That's what I was going to ask you about. Whoever decided upon this, whether it was like Ben or Joe, did they come across your mind to like question? Um, I'm not sure I should be eating ribs the night before a race. I just feel like that's a very unorthodox um, food to eat before a record attempt. Yeah. I mean, I thought about like that once or twice, but I was like, who really cares? I mean, I don't think it's going to affect me that much. Like it's just food. Like I eat healthy and like consistent, like every like day I'm home. So like having one meal that's a little bit different isn't gonna affect me. I was gonna joke like if Jackson was with you, he would have eaten. <laughs> yeah, Jackson would Jackson would have like run up the bill so much. He would have gotten like two <laughs> orders of ribs, like just a, like a milkshake. But I mean that's Jackson for you. And then and then a couple orders of ice cream afterwards. <laughs> then he would have raided the hotel like mini bar because <laughs> he would have been hungry. <laughs> We love our boy Jackson Hyder. So the the day of the race, take me through what you guys are doing. Uh, wake up, shake out before we leave, drive there, uh, check in the hotel, say hi to everybody, and then, I don't know, kind of start racing, get ready to race, I guess. Yeah, I woke up pretty late, probably around 9, um, had breakfast probably for like an hour, just talking to some of the boys, and then five-minute shakeout, and then around noon I went to, um, where do we go, Dominic? Whole Foods. We went to Whole Foods. Yep, got some food there. Um, and then after that, I was just chilling in the hotel with the AC on, um, just like messing around on my phone, playing stupid games. Uh, yeah. Actually, I'm curious. I never asked you this. How was the the hot bar at Whole Foods? Like, what would you rate rate the food you got? Oh, it was fire. It okay. was incredible. Yeah, I mean, extremely healthy. You know, I had a little bit of like chicken, salmon, quinoa, rice. Like it was everything I could have wanted before a race. So yeah, I felt really nice. 
I feel like the food there doesn't look like that visually appealing, but it tastes incredible. Because I had it the day before, and I was like, it doesn't look that good, but like, Loki, if Whole Foods Hot Bar wants to sponsor the podcast, like, I'm hopping on that. <laughs> I could eat that every day. Yeah, no question about it. Yeah. No, it's like food that like tastes good, you feel good after, and uh, I guess there's a human who ran through 57 a few hours later, so I guess it works. Right. A question I'm curious to ask you guys that I actually asked Jackson, what's it like being in 2023 where we have so much media in the sport, whether it's new gen taking you guys out to barbecue and probably filming the whole experience to like myself where I'm asking you guys a few minutes before warm up for like, Hey, you know, quick take before you guys go to warm up and try to break history. Do you guys like, what's your perception on just having media and more attention um, on the sport, specifically on yourselves, like a few hours leading into a race that you guys want to hit out of the park? I think it's awesome. You know, Um, just getting to, media you know all the media attention or whatever i think it's really fun to interact um brings us closer to everyone else you know who's, who's watching us um so i think that's a really cool aspect um you know i've never been shy or anything so i think it's really fun yeah i agree that's really fun but also i definitely feel probably a little bit more nervous with all the media um and i like try to keep entertaining so i say some stuff that i'll probably like a clown saying if i lose um and maybe that like brings a little bit more anxiety and nerves, but I personally, I think the anxiety and nerves helped me a lot. I think I'm able to control it well. And um, it just like it's tons of adrenaline starts flowing when the race goes off. And I think that helps. So yeah, no, that's the other thing is I, 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 I like to say things, you know, spice it up, <laughs> like keep, keep it fun. Yeah, no, I try, I try and spice it up at least. Connor Burns is the people's hero because he says stuff that no one would have the guts to say. And like a lot of times it doesn't pan out, but like people forget at the end of the day and it's so good. Like when I posted the interview of you guys, um, like a few minutes before warm up, obviously like when you're not at the race, people are just always on Instagram, like refreshing their feed for any sort of content. So people ate this up and they were like, just like the comments were going crazy. People like, nah, Simeon's the villain. Like Connor talks too much trash, like all these different comments. And like at the end of the day, it was funny because you didn't end up eating Simeon, but like people forget about it now. And in the moment, like people loved it. Like the amount of people who threw that up on their stories and were like, oh, I can't wait to watch this go down. It's like, it's amazing that you're doing that because very few people have the guts to to say that kind of stuff. And also like very few, I don't know, I feel like I haven't seen that too often where a media outlet gets an interview with the athletes like right before the race. Like they always get it after, but right before the race is really unique, which I thought was cool. Oh, yeah, I'm just trying to keep it fun. You know, I'm not really not concerned at all, like what other people think. So yeah, I love doing that stuff. I don't know if I've ever seen like anyone talk like that in a pre-race interview, like literally like no one. Like, I can't think of any, like, even, like, sprinters. I, that probably has happened, but I just can't recall a moment where, like, two future teammates are standing there just, like, dissing each other. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to take it a step up at Brooks, Connor. You got, like, a week to think of something. All right. I love it. Um, so something I am interested, it's kind of a cool opportunity to be on this episode with you guys, having been there and kind of having, you know, an outside view on things. But one really cool aspect, in my opinion, was – Maybe this is just a small kid from Ohio who like has nothing in our city. But like, I thought it was so cool that there's a completely separate facility, like warm up track. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. So take me through your warm up and how cool is it to kind of have a separate spot from the rest of the crowd? Like when I went on that football turf field, it's like it was pretty quiet. It was pretty chill. It was pretty removed. And I'm sure that's kind of nice to get your mind right before, you know, obviously a nervous situation. Well, I may be a snob, but I'm pretty used to a separate warm up track at this point. Um, you know, most pro meets uh, have one. Um, 
most big meets do usually. So it's it's nice, you know, kind of used to it though. But it is, yeah, it's pretty cool to have this spot with like just athletes warming up and everyone's, you know, in their headspace before the race, their AirPods in or whatever and thinking like whatever they need to think. Yeah, no, it was super nice. And what kind of made like the warm track a bit different was it was like not crowded at all and it was pretty quiet, which usually like on a warm up track, it's small and cramped and there's a lot of people. Um, especially like if there's sprinters doing starts and stuff, it can get kind of chaotic, but only having distance runners and stuff, it made it like really nice and really relaxing um, before the race. So yeah, it was, it was super cool. How was the body feeling during the warm up? Like, did you guys feel good? Did you feel off? Um, how are things running? Uh, me personally, you know, I felt fine, um, which honestly might have been a red flag because usually I feel pretty crappy right before I run really good. Um, so who knows? Uh, didn't So I didn't really have quite the indication that I was going to run like complete dog crap, but I guess it's just how it goes. Yeah, I felt pretty good. I mean, I was absolutely drenched in sweat. Like I've never ran in that hot really like this year, especially with the humidity. So I was like, I had my warm up stuff on, but I was like, I had to wait to put my singlet on because I was literally dripping with sweat and I didn't want to have it all like soaked and heavy before i went in so that was kind of kind of different but other than that it felt good i'm curious connor you were at this meet last year uh simeon this was your first year there but the people who i talked to who were there in previous years talked about basically how hoka's just made this meet better and better and better every single year not only were you there last year now that i'm uh thinking as i'm speaking you were there like as a kid like in middle school so you've been a part of this meet for a while um how cool was it Connor, from your perspective, having been here many, many years, Simeon, from your perspective, being your first year, just how much Hoka invested into this meet, DJ on the infield playing some absolute bars, like, you know, the crowd going crazy, people packed into a small stand. Um, like, what was it like to be a part of that atmosphere and see how much Hoka put into this meet? Yeah, this meet's been incredible. I think I've, this is like my fourth or fifth time running it um, since like seventh grade. They always had like the middle school miles beforehand. And I feel every year I feel like you get more and more stuff um, as an athlete, like besides like gear and then there's just like the accommodations, you know, Hoka really stepped up this year with one, they're bringing in, you know, a lot more national class um, competition for everybody. And, but they're also like included hotels and, you know, all the gear and all the hype up stuff. You know, new Jude, new gen was here. I think some, maybe some Sidious guys were here covering. Um, so that was pretty awesome. Obviously didn't happen last year. Uh, and then like, like you said, the DJ, I think they got some inspiration from track fest. So, yeah, anything to keep like to hype up track more is amazing. So I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, for me it was probably a top three running experience. Um, like going to meets wise, like cross country and track. Um, yeah, it, they were very um good with like the hotel was super nice. Um, we were close to a lot of good locations to eat. Um, they were good about like driving us around. Um, the environment was super cool. They weren't too strict, but they they also like had things in control. So. For me, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and I would I would do it more if I could. Um, yeah. The other thing I forgot to mention right there was like on the home stretch. I usually can never like recall like moments from racing, um, but I could def like the crowd was deafening on the home stretch, and like there's people lined up all around. So that was like you know a typical like you don't get that very often in meets where the crowd's just packed like jam packed deep. And it's just completely deafening, which is awesome to run with. I think it may have been either you, Connor, or Jackson, or maybe both of you. But I was on the, I was one of the few people who had access to the infield. And I remember it being, yeah, like deafening, super loud, crowd going crazy. And I remember like screaming, like, let's go, let's go. You, you know, you got this, guys. And either you or Jackson or both of you like made direct eye contact with me. Like you looked to the side. I'm like... Stop looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably Jackson. That's something good Jackson would do. It, I'm I, almost I positive Jackson looked around. at me. 
Um, I was just like, dude, you're trying to break four. Like, why? <laughs> Which I understand, like, if someone, like, yells, like, I don't know, maybe you want to look over at them. But it was just funny. I was like, oh, it's awkward. I've got the side eye. <laughs> Not a bad side eye, but it was just funny. I wasn't expecting it. Something that was cool is you all got your own introductions and uh, being as fast as you guys were, Connor and Simeon, you guys were introduced as like the two last people, basically. No, I actually think you were the two last people introduced. Uh, what were those like? And what's it like to you when you're incredibly nervous, probably at the peak height of nervousness, and they're just listing name after name after name, and you know with that, you're getting inching closer to the start of the race. Yeah, and I was just kind of getting ready. I think it was like some, a stride or something when they were getting, like, I know the other people's names. And I knew, like, from last year, like, if, if I'm, I was going to be the last name called. Uh, so I was going to have, like, the least, like, I didn't want to do a stride on the home stretch because I want to have much time to, like, break, like recover or anything from it. So I just I knew I was just going to jog the home stretch. And I actually kind of zoned out, like, when they were kind of, like, calling my name and accolades and stuff. I was just trying to stand there and, you know, get there and wave to the crowd or something. Um, yeah, it was really cool, though, seeing the home crowd there. Yeah, I mean, announces or the announcements are always pretty cool when they're calling your accolades out and stuff. Uh, I wasn't super hyped that they announced my New Balance fourth place finish. I'm not sure why they chose to announce an indoor statistic, but I mean, it's all right. Um, so that kind of threw me off a little bit. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, I guess it may be a little bit of motivations to do better than that. Um, but yeah, uh, just did a little stride on the on the straight and got ready to race. Okay, Connor, you first, and then Simeon, take me through the full race. Ooh, it was rough. You know, I started, um, and then I, I, I knew, like, we t- I talked about this before with the guys, you know, on the start line is that all, like, the top guys were started next to each other, and the way they do it is they just jam-pack 16 people on, like, the one, like, this, the little wavy start line or whatever, and so I knew, like, it was going to be packed getting out, especially with all, like, the top guys who wanted to be at the top all, like, sitting next to each other, um, which is rough. But so I kind of got uh, boxed in a little bit, and then I asked Jackson if I could slide it through the inside to get on Sawinski, and he moved out, which is awesome. Um, and then, like, I think 400 in, I saw the clock was, like, 57, uh, and I was like, oh, boy, because I was not feeling good at that point. And I knew it was going to be a rough race after that. Uh, so I just tried to hang on as long as I could. And I saw, you know, Sawinski was a little bit off pacing, and he's never off, so I wasn't sure if he was told to be a little slower for trying to bring people to the or what, but... I, either way, I knew I wasn't going to go much faster. So I was just trying to stick, stay on him as long as I can and then finish. But yeah, once they passed me, um, it was rough. I know I was kind of done, but sucks that happens, but it happens. Yeah, um, so I um, had a horrible start off the line. Um, I was like kind of fumbling around on the start line a little bit. I kind of wish they would have just like made a stand up or something so I could give another go. But and then they shot the gun and I just like, I had a decent reaction time, probably would end up in the middle of the pack. But if I would have just went in the middle of the pack, I would have gotten boxed in. So I decided to go straight to the back and then work my way up. And I did after the first lap, but I was I was mad about that because uh, I was I was off the pacer, and I think that cost me a couple seconds. Um, and then I felt good, you know, I felt good through a K. And I think my biggest mistake during the race was I was too focused on racing and not focused on the time. Because the first time I looked at the clock was um, at the 1K mark, and I saw we were like 2:29, and I was like, "There's no way. There's no way we're this slow." Um, so by that time, it was too late to to run super fast. Um, but yeah, I would. I really wish I could go back. Um, I don't think it's Sawinski's fault. Um, I saw in like an interview, he was. He said like he felt us falling off. 
Um, so we slowed down, but, um, I wish, I wish I could have been paying more attention so I could have like either passed him a little bit or told him to, to get going. Um, and then once we got to a K, um, I started moving a bit quicker and took the lead with like 400 to go, maybe like 350 to go. Um, and I just pushed it home and I ended up closing like 57. So that that's good. But, um, I would really love to go back and run it again, just cause I think it was one of my worst tactical races I've had. Um, and obviously I'm grateful to win, but I think I have a lot more. I would also like to go back and run it again. <laughs> Simeon, take me through the final 200 where our boy Jackson makes a move. He says, you know, I got you indoors. You got me at Drake. It's my turn. I'm taking this one. Goes in front of you at 200 to go. You say not so soon. And the rest is history. You end up winning the race. Take me through that final two. I mean, yeah, I felt good. I felt smooth. Um, Jackson, I saw him pressing a little bit, so I just stepped on the gas a little bit more. I just wanted to make sure I could win, so it wasn't like I wasn't going all out then. I was just saving my kicks, so like if it was 50 to go and someone else made a move, I could I could match it and go faster. Um, so I was just waiting for people to challenge me, and once they challenged me, I just ran a bit quicker. Um, so I poured the pace on the last 200, and I was, I was confident I was going to win with 200 to go just because of my speed. Um, but yeah, no, Jackson and some other boys had great races, so I was extremely happy for them. Connor, take me more in depth in a setback race. Like, I don't know. I don't really know what to ask you, but like what advice would you give to someone who had a bad race and they're looking to, you know, have a good one next time? I mean, you've been in this position before where you've had tougher races, indoors didn't go as well as you would have liked. And guess what? A few months later, you run a national record in the 5K. So, like, what have you learned from this experience? Any takeaways? And how are you kind of moving forward from this? You know, it sucks to say this, but at this point, I'm really just kind of getting numb to the bad races. Um, it's happened way too often. And, you know, I don't really know. Um, I guess, you know, if you look back at history, Arcadia ran 841, and then I closed in 842 in the 5K. So, you know, if, we're, if history is going to repeat itself, it looks like I'm about to close in 405 in this book's two mile. So, who knows? But... No, it sucks. You just have to move on, though. Um, bad races happen to everyone. So, yeah, just take it as it is and move on. Learning experience, I guess. Yeah, that was something I was impressed with you particularly, and I was talking about this to a few people, was you were visibly mad after the race. And uh, I was like, you have every reason to be mad. But then, like, 30 minutes later, you're back on the warm-up track, like, laughing with the guys, <laughs> having a good time on the cool-down. How important do you think it is to have short-term memory in the sport not just when you're failing, but also when you're succeeding, basically get back to work. I think it's definitely necessary because you can't really dwell on it or else you're just going to dig yourself into a deeper mental hole. Um, so you get your five minutes of anger and then afterwards you just got to brush it aside and have a fun night with the boys. Yeah, I was extremely impressed with Connor on the cool down. Like I thought he'd be like, he'd be ripping like he was pushing repeat, the pace repeat. he was he pushing was definitely the pushing the pace but he wasn't like going like sub six at least i, mean, I, I was... wanted to actually you guys are slowing me down I was, i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i really i really wanted to we were going like 620 that's like on a cool down that's crazy that's not a cool down <laughs> but yeah no he was he handled it well Simeon, this meet, again, you know, they put so much energy and hype into this race. You cross the finish line, you're the champion. Maybe not as fast as you would have liked. Well, definitely not as fast as you would have liked, but you still won the race in a new PR. I want to say it was 357.53. And um, immediately, you know, you get draped in, like, the Hoka champion flag. People are taking pictures with you. You got your spike off. Like, I don't know. You looked like a... I was going to say a hero. You looked like a villain out there. So take me through, you know, like the 20 minutes after the race. And how cool was that just to be the main character, be the villain? 
Yeah, it was definitely pretty chaotic. Um, tons of pictures. They were just handing me stuff. And I'm like, how many arms do you think I have? I can't hold all this. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're giving me hats. And I eventually just like ran into the crowd and threw one in just because I was like, I might as well just mess around a little bit and have some fun. But yeah, I did that. I did some interviews. I did some pictures. And then I went over and signed stuff for probably like 25, 30 minutes. And that, that was pretty fun. Just kids had some random stuff getting signed, you know, a bunch of shoes, a bunch of cones um yeah but um yeah i mean it was I, I felt there was a lot of supporters and a, a lot of fans like some kids even had signs with my name on it it was pretty cool and some of them were saying like yeah you were our second choice after connor but um it's <laughs> so like well yeah whatever but yeah it was a, it was a lot of fun now, that was really cool like afterwards like going and signing stuff even though i had a better race a lot of yeah. people still don't want everything i thought the funniest part was the kids like went on the track and grabbed some cones after the pro race like yeah they were giving out free cones i was like i, I know exactly where you got those from but i thought that was hilarious did you guys i'm curious did you guys sign the pink vapor flies jackson and i were asked to sign pink vapor flies i was like standing right next to him i sent a couple pairs of shoes i remember okay yeah because these had so, this this pair of vapor flies had so many signatures on it i'm like mm. this guy's trying to up the price for ebay or something <laughs> so funny so funny so how'd you guys how'd you guys besides connor pushing the pace on the cooldown how'd you guys celebrate the night after well connor i know you weren't celebrating but like how'd you spend the night after yeah uh, well you were there for a lot of for a lot of it um not the know, mcdonald's part not the mcdonald's part yeah no nugent took us out of mcdonald's um we thought we were getting ice cream but of course you know mcdonald's ice cream machine broke um <laughs> quote unquote broke uh so that's typical and then there, Ben and Crawford was in line for like, it must have been at least like 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah, it he was said so he got like a, it was It was atrociously long. Like he said he got like $100 with McDonald's and a company card. And I was like, we're not, you know, we're a bunch of distance runners who probably don't eat much McDonald's in the first place. I don't think we're going to assume that much food. But um, sure, I guess. So it was, the books were pretty cool though. Um, I had a lot of fun. Except I had fries in my mouth for like 15 minutes, which I, I posted on my story. Um, which I, I got a good flick from it, you know, but those things were like, they were melting in my mouth at that point. Yeah. I mean, Connor covered it well. Uh, it was definitely fun hanging out with the sub four boys at, at McDonald's. And yeah, that was some of the toughest, toughest pictures I think I've ever seen. Um, like, especially in the running world, like you don't see that very often. Um, so shout out for new gen for putting that together and waiting in line for like 45 minutes to get some greasy McDonald's. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, we just hung out in the, in the hotel and, um, some people ate a lot of, um, hotel food, Jackson, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just close name. You guys can yeah. guess what Jackson we're talking about. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just, just, just relaxed and probably didn't sleep as much as I should have. And yeah. Something I do want to talk about is you guys are very, very much involved in the high school boys running scene. You guys are the high school boy running scene. What was it like to, be in a race and specifically you Simeon well both of you so Connor you made the race honest through 1k like you were the guy right behind Sawinski so like you made it happen but Simeon you ultimately ended up you know pushing the guys towards sub four four guys broke four in the same race from 1960 to 2010 only four boys broke four in a single race in four minutes four did it so what was it like to be a part of a truly historic race it would have been a lot more fun if I won or if I had ran faster but <laughs> no it was cool it was it was awesome to see the boys run fast i was happy for him yeah i mean i didn't even know how many kids broke four like 
I wasn't until like we were doing awards and they're like, oh, you broke four, you broke four, you broke four. And, uh, and like getting fourth place and running sub four is, is like ridiculous. Um, so like had the top four doing it um, was really cool. And some kids like had the race of their life, like Tenota ran so well. I don't think anyone was expecting no. that. Like that was a crazy PR for him. So that was super hype. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, it'll be a race to be remembered. No disrespect to Tenota, but I remember you guys were there because Simi and I told you what lane to do strides in. <laughs> you're like, should I do them like outside there? So I'm like, no, just as long as you're not in lane one. And then everyone followed your lead and doing strides. Like you started and everyone started doing them on the track. And I remember Tenota walked by and I'm like, oh, this kid's in this race. I'm like, I think he's run a mile. I'm like, I thought he was an eight guy. <laughs> and then four minutes later, he broke four. And like, I'm like, geez, like that's wild. That 148 speed. So no disrespect to Tenota. He'll be on the podcast hopefully soon. But I just found that funny where I was like, it's cool how in the sport you can go from a guy who no one really knows to four minutes later, you're probably all over social media. And Simeon, that, I mean, that was you at Brooks PR last year. So you've been in those mm-hmm. shoes before. Moving forward from this, you guys have the Brooks two mile next week. It's Connor Burns' time to be the villain. So speak on this. No, you know I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for my get back. Um, you know, at, like I said before, you know it hits repeat itself. It's it's looking good for me in the last mile of Brooks. Um, so we'll see. I definitely think I have the best strength of the field, um, definitively at this point. So I'm looking forward to putting that to use. Yeah, I mean, obviously I disagree with some things Connor said, but like more specifically the strength side of things. Um, I think I'm in shape. Um, I'm just going to try to have fun, though. I don't think I've ever ran like a true two mile before. So it'll be cool to get one of those done. Um, and I think I'm ready to go. I mean, I'm in, I'm in great two mile shape right now. Connor, there have been obviously there's Brooks PR's winners every year because they hold the meet every year. But very rarely are there back to back champs. What would it mean to you to to win this race back to back years? Uh, honestly, it's kind of expected at this point. So. Um, you know, I won as a junior, I was kind of ex- expecting, you know, to win again. So yeah, we'll see. And then Simeon, something I'm curious to hear about, sometimes there are blessings in disguise and maybe a potential blessing in disguise was this hamstring injury in the sense that you bumped up your mileage pretty significantly compared to what it would have been. And I feel like that strength is very, very useful for th- like a 32, for a two mile. I know you wanted to attack the 800 more, but you're kind of sacrificing the eight for the 32. So in a way it's like, Maybe this was good for your ambitions of beating Connor. I mean, I don't know how much I cared about beating Connor than I did us both, like just taking it to the rest of the fields and beating the guys. So I think it'd be cool to have us in different races and have us both win. I think that'd be really awesome. But, you know, I'm always down to race Connor. Uh, I know we have that rivalry going, and the, I think the fans like to see it. So I think it's going to be really cool, um, and we're going to throw down. Lucas versus Beekus, I think, holds the two mile record. I think it's 827. Do you guys um, think there's a possible 829? I think it's 29. Yeah. It's 29, yeah. Oh, okay, even better. 829. I think this very well goes down. It's just a question of who gets it. Do you guys think this will go down, or do you think it'll be a more tactical race? I think there's definitely you know a pretty good chance, uh, especially with Danny in the race, um, that it'll get pushed. Um, I think you know I'm, I'm after the setback that was uh, Thursday, I'm a little more concerned with this racing to win and taking it to the rest of the field. Um, but, and I feel like, you know, if I do that and I run good and I'm feeling good, then the record will almost certainly fall. So yeah, I'm ready for it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not concerned with like, I'm not, probably not going to feel that much pressure before. Um, I'm just concerned with having fun. Cause I don't think I've ever had fun during a two mile before. So <laughs> that'll be my first priority is to try to relax a little bit and enjoy it. 
Um, but yeah, I'm definitely excited. Definitely not the event I'm super hyped to do, but it's the event that has to be done. Uh, and it's shaping up to be look like one of the best events of the meet. So that'd be cool. As we close out today's episode and close out this series, favorite memories from this past season, as well as favorite memories from this series, whether it was on record or not on record, <laughs> whether I edited it out or not. <laughs> oh, I, I think the alligator is pretty, um, it's pretty iconic. The alligator TikTok meme. <laughs> that is extremely iconic. We, how many takes did we, what did we do? Like five. That, right? like five. It was crazy. Like it was no. like, it was more, I swear. No, it was definitely more than five takes before we got it right. After <laughs> I, I plan to release an uh, Instagram reel of us attempting to start it because I remember <laughs> I, I, it's like, it's so funny. <laughs> Even with cuts, it's like 90 seconds. It like barely makes that. <laughs> okay, outside of alligator reel, Simeon, any any fun moments from this series or, or this season? Mm, that's, that's a tough one um, from the series. Let's think. Well, you think, I think an iconic... An iconic moment was Simeon versus Jackson because at Drake Relays, like ahead of time, I think that was really fun to talk about. Uh, and I'll never forget, like Connor, you like brought up one of Jackson's tempos and you're like, <laughs> you just did a devious tempo. <laughs> and then Simeon, you ultimately beat him. And the audio from that is so funny. That's one of my favorite Instagram reels to this day. We were like, I was trying to be the villain. I was trying to send everyone home quiet. Like I didn't want any cheers. Like <laughs> I thought that was so funny. So that was one of my favorite moments. I would say one of mine is... Connor being super late to the podcast probably two times. Two and I was times. just having conversations about random stuff. That was that was pretty fun, even though Connor was a little bit disrespectful with his with his late appearance. But um we'll let it slide. Tech technology issues. <laughs> Another moment. Uh I'm not sure if I can bring this one up. This is up to you guys if you guys let me keep this in the episode, but is uh, it took a few takes for you to say it, Simeon, but when I asked who you wanted on the line at Festival of Miles and they didn't show up uh, and you said Nico's little brothers, that was funny. Yeah, I mean, and the, I feel like they, they were scared. I mean, they didn't show up. I feel like they heard that and they're like, there's no way we can show up now. Like, we know it's going to get taken to us. We know we're going to get beat. So they just had to, they had to um, skip out on that one. Simeon, do you think you could yeah. run 339? 338? I think I can run 336. What about 339 four times? <laughs> Thought I want to run 339 four times. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Hands down, the best part of the series, besides documenting history every week, was the Strava War, which was so unintentional. Like, we did not go into the series expecting to talk about your guys' Stravas. And then just naturally, as we started bringing up your training, you guys were like, oh, go follow my Strava. Like, I'm really close to Connor and followers. And then it slowly became this hilarious thing. <laughs> and then we get a text one day from Connor. You're like, Connor, you're like, we got to stop the Simeon-Connor war and join forces. <laughs> because people were so serious that you guys hated each other. And it's like, they wouldn't do an hour podcast with me every week if they hated each other. So I think that was a peak funny moment. Yeah, that, that was pretty awesome. And I would like to say, for the record, I am steadily in the lead still. Connor did take the lead on Strava, but I was recently able to pass him on Instagram a couple of days ago, and now I have a steady lead on that. Probably even a bigger lead than he has on me on Strava, so that's a W. Well, Instagram is a lot easier to get more followers than Strava, buddy. Plus, it's only because Dominic makes those reels with you. I will <laughs> wholeheartedly agree with Connor here. Strava is way harder to uh, gain followers. It's also more valuable because they're all runners who care deeply about you guys. 
And then thirdly, Instagram is a lot easier as well as those, <laughs> those uh, simian reels go crazy, especially when you're talking about jogging a 404 mile and sending the, the crowd home quiet in uh, Iowa. But anyways, guys, episode 10 in the books, season three of The Call Room in the books, truly legendary. Best of luck with the rest of your guys' season. And as much as I hate to say it, you know, the season's over. I appreciate you guys. Awesome. Running back after Brooks. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I don't take your time for granted, and I hope that today's episode impacted you and left you walking away inspired and all the more motivated to chase after your biggest goals and walking away a better version of yourself. Make sure you're following the podcast, have given us a five-star review, and consider sharing with a friend. Through that, we can reach new people and hopefully inspire them in the process. Also, make sure you're following us on social media at The Running Effect to stay up to date on all the exciting projects and all the new episodes coming out. Generally, we release two to three episodes per week, so stay tuned for all of those coming your way shortly. I hope you're running and life is going well. Guys, keep chasing mastery, and I will catch you in next episode.